Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Today, we're going to talk about the Sandy Hook case that's been in the news headlines recently. But before we do that, I just wanted to have a little chat to you about something exciting that's coming up for both of us, hopefully. CrimeCon, which you and I actually met for the first time at the CrimeCon Las Vegas, which was pretty cool in April. But they've got two more CrimeCons coming up. The one in London in June, which is on June the 11th and 12th of 2023. And then there's one in Orlando in September 22nd, and it finishes on the 24th. So I don't know if we're both going to be there. What's your thoughts on it? That's my plan. Yeah. Now, I know you said London and Orlando, and I know both those places are equally famous, but in case you don't know, Orlando's in Florida. I know that. I know it very (laughs) well from the Book of Mormon. I just want to go to Orlando so I can go, Orlando. (laughs) That's the place. Orlando. So I'm hoping to be at both. I'm very excited about it. Brilliant. Well, I'm hoping to be at both. So, hey, we'll probably be there together. That'll be exciting. I hope so. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, Now, there's going to be some listener giveaways coming up as well for CrimeCon tickets. So do head over to at Stop the Killing Stories and you can be the first people to jump on those. But even if you are just a really good planner, there is a discount code that you can use now for 10% off any of the CrimeCon tickets. And because I've got three true crime podcasts that will be at both Orlando and London, the CrimeCon gods have decided that the discount code is Ferris, my last name, to tie them all together. So that is spelt F for frog, E-R-R-I-S for sugar, or Ferris like Bueller, or Ferris like the wheel. Whatever way you remember it, you enter Ferris at the checkout and you'll be 10% better off. And if that's not enough of a discount, if you're one of our fabulous Patreon members, you've got an exclusive discount code that you will find details of over on our Patreon page. Or if you're watching this as a video, it will be popping up on your screen now. Did you enjoy CrimeCon when you were there? I had so much fun. There are so many people there and they're all so like-minded. People who are all about mystery and intrigue and it's just Crime, 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 crime with a lightheartedness that is hard to explain. I know it is weird. I've been to a few crime cons now and have got some really great friendships out of it. And also the same people coming back. So you're building that relationship with your listeners in such a personal way. It's brilliant. I love to hear from people who listen to the podcast. To me, that was my favorite part. Me too. That was my favorite part. I could stand all day and listen to them talk about you know, who they are and why they listen and what they're interested in. It's not just about the podcast. I mean, it's about the personalities. It's so much fun. And I think also the access to the experts, that's what's amazing. Like you did a 
speaking gig while you were there, didn't you? I did. A massive room of people in front of me. Yeah. So I got to explain to everybody really what mass shootings are all about. So that was kind of fun in a weird way. Fun for me. (laughs) Fun for you. And there was lots of other amazing speakers there as well. One of them was Brandon Hall, who is on season three of Stop the Killing, actually, from Music City 911. And he's a 911 dispatcher. If you're listening and you haven't listened to Brandon's podcast, it really is brilliant. Well, with all that admin out of the way, let's crack on to what we're talking about today. So there's been the headline in the news and it is, let me just pull it up. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $965 million in damages after falsely claiming the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting, I mean, this is incredible, was a hoax. So that's the headline. Let's start with who the hell is Alex Jones? Alex Jones is a guy who has found a way to make a lot of money by talking on a radio show that he invented about anything that is potentially controversial and making up stories and adding to conspiracy theories and then begging for his audience to you know send him money because he needs the help and also to buy his products that he recommends that, that are primarily vitamin supplements and you know gone paraphernalia and survival stuff but things that he then gets a cut out of people buying from his website. So how did this case actually come about? What did he do to throw this grenade? Yeah, so that's that's a good way to put it. The marriage between the, the Sandy Hook massacre, where there were six women working in the school at Sandy Hook Elementary School, and 20 children who were killed in December 14th of 2012. Then here we are 10 years later, right, 2022. Alex Jones, for 10 years, on his program called InfoWars, his war against information, apparently his war against accurate information. For 10 years, Alex Jones has been one of the conspiracy theorists, but the most vocal one and the one who's no doubt made the most money in telling the world that the Sandy Hook massacre didn't happen and that the people who were there were all actors. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it, that somebody could even say that, having seen the footage, heard parents Mm -hmm. talking, just the absolute rawness of it to then use that. What do you think his motive was? He was just trying to make money. And, you know, there are plenty of people who tell lies in the world, you know, without knowing it, right, unwitting participants. There are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. And there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there that people repeat because they don't know any better because they believe something that somebody sends them on social media or through email. There are a lot of people who go on and think about, well, they've heard it, nobody's proved it to them. And there's this kind of tenant right now where everybody wants to have the actual proof sitting right in front of them. And they need the person to come to them personally and convince them that what they're telling them is the truth, which is a bit of a brokenness that we are in society right now. And I would say, that's where I always say, go back to your real news sources. But this particular guy, uh, I'm not even going to call him a gentleman because he's kind of a pig. This guy- (laughs) Hear, hear to that. I think you're being very kind. Like I said, there are plenty of people who knowingly or unwittingly believe in conspiracy theories, and I would encourage people to not. But if it's the more ridiculous, you know, think about it. But in the case of this guy, he's had so many listeners through the years, it became one of his cause celebs. 
where he would not just talk about this over and over and over. Anytime he needed to make money, he would turn around and bring the subject up and he would name parents in particular. He named individual parents whose children had just been murdered, like within days. While parents are burying their kids, this guy is saying the United States government hired actors to pretend and put fake blood on people so that they could pass gun legislation. So we've been through two presidents since then, right? And there was no gun legislation passed after Sandy Hook. So I don't know what this guy's talking about, but in the process, he continued to name people individually. And he continued to say how this horrible event didn't happen. And to such an extent that the people involved became the targets of his audience. And they would harass them online. They would confront them on the street. Some of these people had to move from their homes in at the only town they'd ever known. And again, I think at this point, I don't want to name. Normally, I would say, let me tell you the names of people who are suffering I don't want to name anybody who's suffering because these people have suffered so much already. And mind you, this has been going on for 10 years. For 10 years, his listeners have believed this. I mean, you think of the trauma that those families went through 10 years ago and then just to pile this on top of it. Well, and it's, it's not like 10 years ago. It's been going on for 10 years. So one woman, they had to like get rid of their Facebook memorial page for their child who was killed because the trolls who were in it from his show were putting comments in there. Another woman, her husband said, when he went to go to the child's funeral, he found his wife hiding in a closet. She didn't want to deal with anybody anymore. So these people have brought a defamation action. So it's not just one or two. He has faced four defamation actions. So defamation under the law, there's libel, slander, right? And defamation is, you know, an attack on character. Libel is writing the words, slander is saying the words that are untrue. So he faced defamation actions by 14 altogether, a huge number of people who were involved in this case, and one FBI agent, as it turns out. And these actions were filed over the last couple of years. And then he never went to court. Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. Liar, never came to court and there was a finding against him, what we would call a default judgment, the finding against him. Right. So the people didn't have their opportunity in court, but under the US court system, you have a trial over whether or not you're guilty or innocent, even in a civil case. And then you have a subsequent hearing on the damages that are to be awarded. And then actually another hearing on punitive damages. The thing that we're hearing about in the news today that's $965 million is a collection of the damages awarded by one jury for eight of the 14 people. What I'm saying is this is just a part of it. He has three defamation cases where the jury is going to decide how much the damages are. He has three cases like that. Sorry about the noise. And one of them's already come through and it's for just a particular family. There's another case that's coming still to come. So bottom line is, this is a billion dollars in damages against this guy and his company. Yesterday, when he was listening, he was not in court when the verdict was read. What happens in the court system is a jury must fill out forms in each individual count, and they must award damages based on each individual thing. So one person might get $60 million awarded in damages based on X. 
and another one might get 120. There was a particular gentleman that he picked on all the time whose six-year-old daughter was killed. And particularly that guy, he mentioned him over and over and over again. And that guy was like confronted on the streets Mm -hmm. by people who were coming to his town to prove that he was an actor. Um, God, it just still blows my mind. It makes me so angry that somebody could be that evil. Definitely, definitely. So everybody gets their individual award designated to them. It took the jury three days to sort through. There was a couple of weeks of evidence. This was the damages trial. And there were a couple of weeks worth of evidence where the parents and other people were allowed to testify. This guy, Jones, came to court one day. He got on the stand one time and he got into a fight with the defense attorney. And the judge had to basically muzzle him over and over again. Because his answer to the plaintiff's attorney was, hey, I already said, I'm sorry. What do you want from me? I'm not saying it again. What a piece of work. And then yesterday, as this jury verdict was coming back in for the damages, he was at the same time on his program talking about how this all was a joke. He said, do these people think they're going to get any money? They're not going to get any money, you know, and repeating the conspiracy theories. Now, it's funny you say that because I thought he had at some stage, I thought I'd read this, you might be able to clarify it for me, that he had actually gone back and I don't think confession's the right word, but he had clarified that he didn't believe that it was fake anymore. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. But, you know, he is the king of conspiracy theory, self-designated, I would say. It's almost like diarrhea of the mouth. He can't help himself. The reason that I first came across this whole thing Mm -hmm. was when we did our very first episode, it was the Sandy Hook case. And somebody posted on our social media, false flag. And I had to Google it. It's not something I'd even heard of before. You know, I worked as an FBI agent, National Security Matters, and a false flag is a, an operation, you know, I mean, like a technical operation that you do like a surveillance or something. And a false flag is when you create a story to try to move forward on what you're trying to do. So whoever posted that was just posting something proving that they think that, you know, none of it happened. You know, the really sad part about this is that why many people put their little claws into this little, you know, slug and believe what he says is because they think that anybody who disagrees with him is trying to take all their guns away. So it's really just a firearms issue in the United States from his listeners, because he foams at the mouth about gun stuff. That's part of his shtick. And it's his way of selling the products online. Because I mean, there's nobody running to take everybody's guns away. I've got a gun. Nobody's taking my gun away. Right. But when you only listen to that, then you begin to believe him. And so he foams at the mouth about this. And every time he throws up another, you know, oh, they're trying to take your guns away, buy my products. So that's what he was doing. He was begging for people to send him money. And the fact is that based on what they're able to, you know, kind of track down, he has made $50 million a year. Wow. On the back of this horrific disinformation and pain inflicting sales strategy. What? absolute tool. And that's a minimum because of course they had to put this information credibly in front of the jury to say, is it possible that this guy has money? Because the whole concept of setting damages is in part is to make the person whole and to cause some angst 
for the person who committed yeah. this act of defamation. So they put in information about how he's made millions and millions of million dollars every year. And then, you know, when this all kind of came to a head a year ago, his program called InfoWars, he filed for bankruptcy for the parent company, thinking that right. would insulate him and protect him. And yesterday he made it very clear he's not going to pay a dime. I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it? Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this. Tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game, or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, StubForge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With StubForge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to StubForge.com. Start creating today and see how StubForge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. Will he have to pay a dime? What's the process? Because, and I ask you this because if anyone's listened to my other podcasts, Con in the Con, Clueless, both fraud cases, not disinformation and blasphemy and horrendousness of Alex Jones, different cases. Both the times the fraudster was caught, the ruling was that they had to pay reparations. It then got appealed by these, you know, so sorry fraudsters. And on appeal, either the reparations were wiped out altogether. He didn't have to pay them because it would have been a hardship on him or it was reduced significantly. So what's the case with this in America? Has this got teeth? You know, I think that what you experienced is very similar to what people experience in the United States on any major verdict. It's not uncommon to have a, a jury come back and set damages at a level that then an appeal, it gets reduced. It's very common. Right. In this case, this damage trial is in a state where the there's no cap 
on the damages that can be awarded. That's why this one I think was so high. In other states, there might be caps on damages, meaning how high it can go up. The other slander case has already been um, set at 60 million. There's a cap in that particular state. There's still another trial to come. We'll see how that goes. But in this case, there were a larger number of plaintiffs. Like for instance, I mentioned there was an FBI agent. Why would an FBI agent be involved in this? This FBI agent was one of the first responders. He was in and on the scene. He was one of the first ones in the room with a bunch of dead babies in a in a bathroom, right? All piled on top of each other. A horrific situation. And he was continually harassed by the people listening to this Jones dude's show because one of the conspiracy theories online is that one of the parents and this FBI agent are in fact the same actor. And the conspiracy theorists cut photographs together and video footage. Yeah, that makes my head blow blow up. Mine too. Um, They cut photographs and video and look at it and they say, oh, see, this agent is never in the same spot where this parent is. That's because they're the same person. Look at them. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, both of them appear in court as different people and say, no, we're different people. But the agony that they went through, I mean, this is not a you know 22-year-old agent. This is an older agent. And he was there on the scene and did the best he can. And then he spent the next 10 years trying to convince people he's actually who he is. It's just horrible. What do you think will happen with the payments then? Can they chase him down for that money? Well, you know, we don't live in the world of debtors' prisons, and that's part of the challenge, right? So we, there's only legal process. He's already said he's not going to pay anything. His attorney came out of court yesterday and said he's going to appeal, and not surprisingly. So he's going to appeal it and drag it out. It's been 10 years since the shooting. So I imagine that Alex Jones will find a way to drag it out another 10 years if he can. I don't think he can go quite that far. But, you know, what you can do is you can garnish somebody's wages well, this guy doesn't have any wages. He earns his own money, right? He has filed for bankruptcy. The bankruptcy court can reject his bankruptcy petition. And you can't just dismiss court actions by filing for bankruptcy. It doesn't work that way in the United States. So I think it's more a matter of process. He's hardly even paying attorneys to go into court for him. I mean, he basically ignored the trial, ignored the charges against him, ignored the damages hearing. And sadly, now under the law, there are follow-up hearings about punitive damages. And punitive damages, as you can imagine, is more punitive. It's punishment. The families are going to have to testify more hearings and he'll continue to ignore it. If he were to get taxed or pay taxes or get something back from the government or something, that can all be confiscated. But it's really a challenge. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, I could see him fleeing the country because he's such a worm. And so it's really sad. I think for the families, for the people involved, as hard as it is, it's probably somewhat of a day in court for them where they get their say. And and I would say one other thing. I'm sure there probably aren't a lot of conspiracy theorists who listen to us, but this guy can afford a lot because he makes more than $50 million a year duping his listeners. But a lot of other people who get charged with defamation or slander or libel for attacking people just because they believe some conspiracy theory, those people have judgments against them and it changes their life because you get a judgment against you and your wages are garnished, meaning the court takes that money from your paycheck from your employer. 
So, you know, some worm like Alex Jones can get away with it potentially, maybe down the road, but definitely this should be a message to people who want to believe conspiracy theories that when they cross the line into defamation, slander, and libel, it may affect their ability to have their own life the way they want it because they're because their actions are going to be taken against them. And that means you have to pay for attorneys and you could win a case and you're still going to lose because court actions are thousands and thousands of dollars and time. Do you think the families will continue with hunting him down if he goes to mm-hmm. appeal? Oh, yes. I don't think anybody in this crowd, they can't suffer any more indignities, the parents and the friends and family and the Sandy Hook people, than they've already suffered. So they have nothing left on their side but determination and will to continue to push the truth and to make somebody like Alex Jones, who markets himself on conspiracy theories to fill his own pockets with millions of dollars in cars and boats and whatever else he chooses to purchase. I think they have nothing to lose and everything to gain in terms of just peace and having the truth out there. He's got this online henchman, this army of, I can't think of a nice word for them, slugs as you like to call them. He's even said, you know, Sandy Hook is true, I take it back, but he's still got this army of people. Right. What's stopping them from going at the victim's family still? Do you think this ruling will have any impact on stopping them? Because surely if he's been charged, then mm-hmm. the next level down is that henchman or henchwoman group. Yeah, I think the challenge is that the next level down, the people who are listening, some of them are kind of passive listeners who just think he's kind of funny to listen to. And Yeah, but there's people and that take an action, right? right so right. surely they should be quaking yes. in their boots a bit. That's what I mean. There are plenty of people who listen to him and they become indoctrinated into it. And some of them then act extremely. So the key word, of course, there is act, right? So if you act against somebody through your words or your deeds, now you are at risk of being sued yourself. And that's perfectly actionable here in the States. Are there lesser people who can get charged with defamation? I think so. It depends on what occurs. I think if somebody acts against the parents or a parent in the same way, you're at risk of being sued for any actions you take based on these kinds of falsehoods. Well, let that be a warning to all spreaders of conspiracy theories and disinformation. How do you feel about the ruling in general? When you read that headline, what was your first thoughts? You know, anytime people are talking about millions and millions of dollars, it seems very surreal. And my first thought was, well, he's not going to pay any of that anyway, which is sad. But I do feel like in the end, it puts on record permanently for the whole world to see that a jury of his peers found his conduct was egregious and felt that damages should be awarded to those victims. So for that, I was thankful. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. 
Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you've enjoyed Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. Something is creeping in, don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son, who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims... Subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network, you can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.